Welcome to the Two Dudes Hockey Podcast. I'm Ryan Paulsford alongside my co-host, Wyatt Fairman. And of course, the whole sports world kind of came to a stop and we did hear the podcast as well. And we're going to come back, but we're coming back at a little bit of a different angle. And of course, there's going to be hockey because there's still quite a lot in hockey to talk about. But we wanted to start off this episode firstly by releasing a statement in regards to, you know, everything that's been happening. And Wyatt here is going to give up that statement. Keep in mind the following is a statement by the Two Dudes team and is not meant to offend anyone, nor is it a political statement. The Two Dudes team is troubled by the obvious displays of racism in today's society. Please, listeners, do not be a part of this problem, but in turn respect one another's opinions. We support the BLM movement and their endeavor to make systematic and social equality a normal part of our society. In addition, we are also against unnecessary violence in the form of police brutality and such like events. This is not a political statement by any means, but rather this is a statement on human rights. Truthfully, the Two Dudes team. There you have it. We, we've done a lot of talking since then and just sort of watching everything unfold and sort of looking at it. And, you know, I will start out by saying I, I know for me personally, I'm in a pretty good situation where I'm very away from this. And sort of watching it unfold has been, I mean, throughout the entire year has been such an eye-opener for me. We wanted to take this episode and talk about, you know, all of this, this racism, the systematic problem that we have both in society, but even in hockey. And that's what we want to dedicate this episode to and really get into the issues that matter to so many people. Exactly. And in today's society, especially the displays of racism that are shown are always going to be on the news. Will Smith said, however, racism isn't getting, getting worse, it's getting filmed. And I think he's exactly right. We have more access to seeing more events now than ever before. And it's my hope and dream that we can use that to our advantage and help end these problems once and for all. Now, and I even even with that, who knows how many things go undocumented, go unfilmed, and go unseen, which is, well, you have to assume the problem is worse than we've seen because it more than likely is. And, you know, it's something that I, I, I didn't come in very educated. I was in a bit of a bubble in that regard. It wasn't something I dealt with in my day-to-day life. I will be the first to acknowledge this. I've been very privileged. I have had a very privileged upbringing to be able to avoid all of this. And I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of people have. A lot of people, you know, have been able to sort of tiptoe around the issue because it's never been a part of their lives. But it's also what's caused me to really begin looking into this, to begin working to understand and to learn about everything that we've seen, all of the acts, all the brutality, all the racism, all of everything that we've witnessed here and sort of, you know, taking the time to educate myself. And I mean, that's such a big part of this is knowledge, if nothing else. If, you know, you don't want to go to a protest or a rally or donate online or sign petitions, you know, the least you can do is educate yourself. And we're going to try to do that a little bit here. Obviously, we're not professionals by any means. We don't, we're not anyone who can, you know, give you the exact breakdown of the specifics, but We've both taken our time and tried to educate ourselves on the subject, and hopefully we can either educate you a little bit or at least inspire you to be educated. You said that exactly right, Ryan. And, you know, the truth is we are just two dudes. We're not professionals. We're not professionals in the sport of hockey. We're not really professionals in as far as society and social conversations goes. We're, we're just two dudes. But, listeners, if you knew the conversations that – me and Ryan, these just two dudes had Mm. leading up to this podcast, you would see there was a lot of learning going on on both ends, I think. Especially for me, I I know. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I also want to make that very clear because I think there's such a stigma about not already knowing. There is nothing wrong with not knowing and acknowledging that and taking the time to learn. That is, that's what you have to do. You have to be able to say, hmm, I don't understand this. And then, you know, be able to educate yourself. And uh, both of us have been doing that. We've been educating each other a little bit. Like that's, it's that growth that is so important and we've been working towards. And I think it's a growth a lot of people have been making too. I know as far as I'm concerned, I'm kind of the same boat you were, Ryan. I've grown up sheltered. 
uh, from any sort of those problems. I live in a dominantly white community, so I've been very privileged in those regards. And I'm, I'm though I'm thankful for it, I'm also grateful that I now have an opportunity to learn more about what life in the real world really is like, you know? And yeah, not just even... Not just for us, but for you know, people of color who have to experience this stuff every day. Even just seeing some of the videos is downright disturbing. There's disturbing content there. And you know, to be able firstly, the fact that we're able to just watch this constant stream of new videos is a horrific problem. But it also is able to show us and educate us a little bit more and say, Okay, here's your proof. This is happening. You can see this. You can dismiss it all you want. It's here. And I think that's a step some people still have to make. But, you know, to see these videos so often appearing is, if nothing else, the most obvious sign of the problem that you can have. And, you know, there are probably people that will eventually listen to this that might be thinking, well, I just wanted to listen to two dudes talk about hockey. And that's fine and well. We want to talk about hockey. And I think it's important to recognize that these events do not exclude hockey. It is all-encompassing as far as sports and entertainment and everyone's day-to-day lives go. It's important that we recognize that this is a problem in our society. And if we have the ability to fix this problem, we absolutely should instead of arguing about it. Absolutely. And what I will say is two things. Firstly, there is going to be a hockey aspect of this conversation. I've had something I have been kind of wanting to just say out loud to kind of get off my chest a little bit. And a lot of people know it, but I think it's something that needs to be addressed. And secondly, here's the thing. Here's what I will say. If your take from this situation is, ah, darn, I can't watch people shoot basketballs, take a moment and realize that you've probably got a pretty good life. You know, there are a lot of real big problems in the world. And yeah, does it stink not having sports? Does it stink not having hockey or basketball? Yeah. That kind of stinks. But you also have to be able to look at people in scenarios who, you know, maybe aren't able to just say, ah, it's just about losing basketball. To them, it's so much more. So make sure you're understanding in all of this that, hey, if my only issue is I can't watch sports, then I'm A, I'm the type of people who need to be involved in this. I need to learn because clearly there's there's still some education to go there and that's okay. And B, that you've lived a pretty good life. There's nothing wrong with that either. It's just the truth. You're right. And, you know, as far as the hockey community is concerned, I saw a lot of posts that were like, yay, they solved racism by postponing two days worth of playoff games. Well, no, they didn't. But that, in fact, is the problem. When you have people more concerned with the playing of sporting events than these huge social problems that affect everyone, regardless of race. Now it might affect more people more than others, but at some point in time, you're going to be associated with this problem, I feel. So if you're, if your take on this whole situation with the maybe two to three days, different leagues have spent to take a break from their individual games and focus on making society better. Well, I think just keep listening to this podcast because I think you're about to find out they did more than just pause their sport for a few days. They did much more. And a lot of people are talking about how they're they're upset about it. And oh, it makes me upset that the games are canceled. That's that's the point. They didn't do it because everyone would go, ah, oh, yes, that's okay. And I'm happy with this. Let's go in our merry way. They did it to cause enough people to you know throw a little bit of regular scheduling out the window to pull away because at the end of the game what people will say is i just want to watch sports keep the politics out i just want the hockey that's great i want the hockey you want the hockey everyone listening wants the hockey that's awesome if you only watch the hockey and you tune everything else out we're never going to get anywhere so yeah you have no sports for a couple days and then you take an opportunity you take in media another way and then you learn a little bit more sports come back you keep watching and if you decide to stop watching it of all of it, well, that's even more time to educate yourself because I don't know what the point is to stop watching sports because you want to watch sports. I think that's a little bit of a goofy take, but I've seen a lot of people take that stance. It's meant to make you uncomfortable. 
if you're comfortable with the protest, it's not a protest. So they've done this. They've come up. They've spoken their piece. They're using their platform, which athletes have always used their platform. Don't act like it's a new thing. It's not. It's always been a thing. And so, you know, all of a sudden, here we are. We're talking about it because all these videos have come out and it's affected us so much. If this stuff never happens, are we sitting here talking right now? I'm not sure if we're talking about this. That's what it does. That's the growth. It's, it can be that simple as starting a conversation. And that's what's the beauty of it all. And you know, Ryan, I shamefully admit that I've been guilty of being on that side before. That side of thinking where, why, why is this stuff going on? Life is good enough for everyone, isn't it? You know, you get, you trap yourself in this bubble and you think it's okay to be comfortable where you're at without even thinking about the other billions of people in the world go through their own problems that you could help with. And I yeah. shamefully admit I was a part of that. But as far as sports are concerned, as I've begun to learn more and more about what I can do to help other people, the sports world really, for me, just grew bigger and bigger in my heart. The displays, the NBA, NHL even, which they're kind of a different story than the other leagues. So we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. But Major League Baseball, MLS, if you watch that, all these different leagues coming together, they call it boycotting. I would say it is. It really made a statement so much bigger than I'm tired of this. It, it led to an effect, a great, great effect. And we'll get into that in a second. Ryan, your thoughts? I mean, yeah, it's, it's weird because even seeing like opposing teams get together, like when they had the four teams that were playing in the playoffs that were supposed to play, and I believe they were all the Western Conference teams, and they had them all lined up and they had their representatives at the mic. Even that is something that's so bizarre because they're guys who are constantly fighting on the ice. You know, they they hate each other's guts the moment they step on the ice. I think it was Ryan Reeves who made that comment. He hates their guts when he's on the ice, but he couldn't have been more proud of them right there. And then you see every single league standing, and certain leagues responded a lot better than the others. I wasn't happy with the NHL necessarily. But every league that could, even the NBA, or so not the NBA, sorry, the uh, NFL, who aren't even playing, made their mark. That that sign of growth and that willingness for everyone to come out and say, yeah, no, this is a problem, is something that it should say a lot. It should say a lot that these people who, keep in mind, a lot of them are very privileged, too. I think that's what's so interesting about it is that these people who are in a privileged position are also able to say, yeah, no, we have these problems in society. We understand them and we're going to address them in a way that gets in your face. It's going to stop your routine and it's going to make you listen. And if you choose to take anything you listen in, we can't make you. But now you have the option and you should try to take it. I think every league uniting in the way that they have, I think that sends such a message. And, you know, if you're listening to this and all you want is for us to stay out of the political, then maybe that's a problem in itself. Because if society is to a point where we can't talk about people not being racist or else we're being political, that's an issue. That's a problem. It shouldn't have to be a political debate whether or not there's racism in society. There just shouldn't be racism in society. And, I mean, if it is a political debate... And you're complaining about it. Look at where that puts you. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're in the comments going, ah, it's politics, don't do it. That doesn't that doesn't reflect well on you. And I think that's something people have to understand. It, it's really not politics. There's a lot that goes into politics. Politics is a broad spectrum. And there there, I'm sure there are aspects that overlap. But as a whole, the statement that black lives matter. This is not politics. Put the movement aside if you have to. I don't care. I know people have their gripes with that. That's fine. The statement of Black Lives Matter should not and is not ever going to be political. It's just a fact. And you know, if we as a culture, as a society, are to the point where we have to make a movement to remind a certain group 
that their lives matter, then we have honestly failed as a culture. You know, America and Canada are probably two of the most free countries in the world, most accepting, most equal, diverse, whatever you want to call it. But we have our setbacks. We have our failures. And I'll consider this one of them because for the longest time, these issues were under my nose and I refused to look down. It's not that I didn't know they existed. It's just I didn't want to be bothered by that. And I confess that I was one of those people that didn't really want to learn. I put that in the political pile. But this can't just be another political statement. Let's look at what the Milwaukee Bucks did. And I want Ryan to start us off with that because he's been, as far as this situation goes, he's been like a dog that sees a squirrel while on a leash. He's, he's just been ready to go. So I'm going to let you take it from here, Ryan. So what happened is basically they were the first team to sort of make their action after Jacob Blake was shot by police officers. They were the first team to decide we are just not playing this game. And ultimately that led to a movement. All of the NBA games that night were canceled. And then the next night there was even a vote to cancel the season. Only two teams voted. Yes. The Clippers and the Lakers, who by the way are juggernauts in these years playoffs. So that says something that they vote for it. A lot became really heated out of that. After that, a lot of other leagues started to follow suit. MLB canceled a lot of games. The NHL didn't cancel games that night. They waited until the next night to start canceling games, which we'll get into a little bit. But the Milwaukee Bucks were the first team. They were the first team to take action. Uh, It was rumored the Raptors would do it the night before, but they weren't playing until a couple days after. So they didn't get the chance to quite leave. Rumors started with them. And the Bucks ended up being the first. They did. They just didn't show up on the court. There was no game, and they inspired an entire, not just an entire league, an entire two, three, four leagues, to not show up to say, "Hey, no more distractions. Look at the real problem." And without them, we'd we'd just be talking about sports more than likely. The whole world would be would be have yeah, more sports. But the Milwaukee Bucks, they stepped up. They came up and they said, "This is not acceptable, and we're not going to let this happen." And they, they, let's be real, they jump-started a movement. Even if it wasn't one that lasted months or years, it was a movement, and it did its job. And each league approached it differently. NBA was united in a sense that they all boycotted, is what they called it. I tend to agree with them. I think it was boycotting. They all postponed their games or canceled their games. Then there's Major League Baseball, which canceled a handful of games. It was up to the teams, really. And there yeah. were a few games that were played. And it's not that any team is more racist than the other, anything like that. It's just the nature of what happened. And it got to a point where I don't think any teams played one day or maybe just a few that following day. An interesting note about the MLB, too, for Canadian listeners. The Toronto Blue Jays had actually agreed to play against the Red Sox. The Red Sox went, yeah, we're not playing. And the Jays went, all right, we respect that and backed out. The Jays had voted to play. I think that's a very interesting note. Um, The reason that they backed out afterwards was because if they showed up to play and the Red Sox didn't, the Jays would have been given the win because they were there. I think it's a very interesting sign that people on the Canadian team isn't exactly thinking that it's their issue. It's still their issue, but... Yeah, it was entirely up to the teams. There were quite a few games played, quite a few games not played. And, I mean, it was just it was left up to the team. It was team discretion, and some teams chose to go forward and others didn't. As far as baseball is concerned, I don't think they were the worst league to handle this situation. And shamefully, I by far think the National Hockey League was. Well, it was weird because I believe the first game of that night had already started, or it was like just getting underway, and they didn't want to call it halfway through. So I understood them playing that game out. You know, if it was already underway, that's fine. There was another game afterwards that also played, and it took Evander Kane and the Hockey Diversity Alliance, which the fact that that exists is a little odd. That shouldn't be needed, but they had to come out, and they said, hey, we want to cancel games. We want to postpone them. We want to, you know, do whatever. Eventually, they agreed. They took a couple days off and the back. But, I mean, letting that second game go was just – it wasn't a good look. 
it was not a good look for the league. But you also have to consider that we are talking about the whitest league. Like, let's not kid ourselves here, guys. When you ask about diversity in sports, the answer is not the NHL. <laughs> it's just not. You look at every – even, uh, like I mentioned, that press conference before with all the four teams. You know how many white guys were in that crowd? A lot. They had a like they had Pierre Rebelmar, who I believe is more French than of color, but there were so many white guys on those teams because it is such a predominantly white league. And so as disappointing as it is that the NHL was slow to respond, I'm not shocked. I wish I was shocked. I'm not shocked. We've seen this before. This league is the worst league when it comes to equality I've ever seen. They got beat by NASCAR. NASCAR did better than them. <laughs> NASCAR. NASCAR. Uh, for those of you who don't know, who don't follow up on that, NASCAR is historically and stereotypically racist. And there were a lot of yeah. things that happened throughout the start of the season. Now that they have their first uh, black driver, his name is Bubba Wallace. He's very good, actually. He's one of their better drivers. And there was a whole incident with this noose being hung in a stall. Supposedly, it was all an accident. That it was just left over from the race before that or whatever. But it led to a lot of controversy. And from there on, NASCAR went on to ban the use of Confederate flags and their racetracks, which I honestly thought should have been done, I don't know, 200 years ago. But... yeah. But they went on to ban that. They went also went on to make even stricter laws, or not laws, like rules, if you're a fan or a staff member of that game against racism. All this to prevent not people from being offended, but prevent people from offending other people by racism. Yeah. Honestly, I think these leagues right now could care less if someone gets offended. What they're trying to stop is the root cause of this. They're trying to stop what's causing people to feel offended, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not about who's offended. It's about why. Why is there this? And again, NASCAR is a league that is not exactly known for their diversity in fans or drivers. I don't think that's a bold statement. NASCAR itself has had, like, what, one female driver ever? Danica Patrick? Something like that. Not, not, a, not a high amount of numbers. And you know, the what they did for Bubba Wallace, and even if the FBI determined that it wasn't a noose, which I'm not 100% sure of the truth, no one is. We weren't there. But the effort that they put in was remarkable. And the fans were great. There were obviously a couple bad apples, but there's always going to be bad apples. You know, we're really seeing, like, I was pleasantly surprised. I was. And then I hoped I would see the same thing with the NHL. I was waiting. And it has been, shall I call it, a wet fart. <laughs> it has been, it's been sad. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed to see what some of the people are saying and to see the slowness of the league. It's shameful. And this goes further than this league being dominantly white. It goes further than the fans being like, that's not our problem. The issue at hand here is that it may not be your problem, but it is somebody's problem. And that's something we should all be trying to help and make sure that none of us have these type of problems. There shouldn't be an issue with racism in the year 2020. As horrible, as horrible as this year has been, why are we adding racism to the list of problems? I don't know that we're adding, though. I think we're just starting to see it more. It's always been there. It's always Oh, I, I know that. I'm just saying, like, why is it still there? Who knows? But, I mean, here's the thing with hockey. Hockey was set up to be a privileged sport. If I want to go play basketball, I need a basketball net, which you can find installed around certain things. Go down to a park, you can find that, and a basketball. Well, I want to play soccer. I need less of that. I just need a soccer ball. I can do it on pavement. I can do it on grass. It doesn't matter where I do it. Baseball, a glove, a ball, a bat. Not bad. You want to play hockey? You're going to need it. You're going to need guards, helmets, gloves, skates. You're going to make it to pay for jerseys. All the under gear. You know, 
the list goes on. Not to mention, you need ice. <laughs> and if you live in a, and if you live in a place where there's ice naturally and it's good enough to skate on, great for you. If you don't, you're paying for it. And don't even don't even ask about goalies. You want to throw all that stuff into the cost? You could be looking at several thousand dollars. And sticks are four hundred dollars for some reason, because that's the way it is. Hockey is such an expensive sport. People who are in lower classes have no chance. They don't. They have no chance to play the game. And here's the truth. People of color have been set up to fail in a lot of situations. They are put in underprivileged situations where it's a little harder for them than it is for us. So all of a sudden, they don't have thousands of dollars to spend. Look at that. The white people who are all bunched up in the nice suburban neighborhood do. There's no diversity. There's never been diversity in this league. I mean, it is a problem beginning at the very beginning of the sport. And if you even want to ignore that, it just makes it hard to play in general. But there's so much, there's such a barrier between being able to play hockey and not. Why would you, why would you spend that money to go play in a place where you don't feel accepted when you could play soccer for you know, 15 bucks, 15 bucks for a ball and you're fine. Basketball, 15 bucks for a ball, go down to your local park, you're fine. Why would you spend thousands of dollars to play a game where you don't feel included? It's You wouldn't. It doesn't make sense to me. And you know, I think honestly, one of the worst parts about this, in my opinion, is look at what the effect was. We mentioned an effect earlier. Because there are people that were saying, yay, they solved racism. Well, no, they didn't. And that's a problem. It's not, not that the NBA or the NHL or anyone could solve racism. But they, these leagues could at least be trying to do something, something tangible, something with an effect that could lead to better things for society and the individual team's communities. For example, the NBA... And the MBPA, which is the National Basketball Players Association, when they made the announcement that they would return to playing basketball, this is what they agreed to do. They agreed to establish a social justice, social justice coalition and to use league arenas as voting sites for November's general election and to promote voting information through advertising during the playoffs. Let's add on to that that the NBA was already allowing players to use custom, not political statements, but societal statements on the back of their jerseys. It could be about Black Lives Matter. It could be about a cause personal to you or something like that. But they got to make it their own. And it's working for them. Now, it's doing great things for the fan bases, the communities, the NBA fans overall, again, like you said, there are going to be a few bad apples, sadly. But for the most part, everyone likes that. And then yeah. the news happens, and Jacob Blake is shot seven times by a police officer. The boycotts begin. League by league starts to close down for a few days. And what does the NHL do? What do they do, Ryan? They play one night longer, just get that extra little game in. Keep things even, you know? You don't want a team to miss a game, and they're behind. What a shame, right? And what do they do whenever they return to play? Do they come up with any new agreements, or? Uh, they flash a few things on a couple billboards, and uh, they call it a day, really. That's about it. I tell you what, thank goodness racism is solved. Thank goodness they've made progress, honestly. Like, they haven't done anything. You're going to put a statement on, a, on the Jumbotron, people are going to read it and either agree or they're going to disagree. You haven't changed their mind. You haven't persuaded them. What, what have you accomplished? Nothing. It's pandering. It, like, that word is thrown around so much in politics, the word pandering. The NHL's pandering. They're not making meaningful change. They had to reach out and ask them to cancel the Hockey Diversity Alliance had to reach out and say, hey, you have to do this before the NHL would do it. It's shameful. Why? It is shameful. And if people are going to, and I know 
because I've had a conversation with a couple of people and they said, well, that's just the league officials, you know, that's just Gary Batman. That's just Bill Bailey. It's not. Um, PK Subban was called a uh, couple different words against Boston fans that you're not supposed to call people. You know, he was called slurs. He straight up, he was called slurs on the ice by Boston Bruins fans. And this is the same Boston city that the Red Sox told the Blue Jays that they weren't going to play. Yes. And then if you let's fast forward a little bit, though. that's that's in the past. Keandre Miller gets his he has a live stream, gets it hacked and it's just racial slurs, fill it all over. It, it's the entire chat. And, you know, firstly, the fact that anyone had the gall to do that is pathetic, let alone someone who will be watching a hockey player stream. A kid, by the way, this kid was just dropped. He's like 20. So there's that. And the response from hockey fans and hockey Twitter and everyone really was nothing. There wasn't, it was a, oh, well, we don't allow that. Okay, and do something. Do you think any other league would have stood for what the NHL stood for that day? No. I don't think there's another league in the world that might have reacted the way the National Hockey League reacted. And I understand there are people listening to this, and they're like, man, they are not giving... For a hockey podcast, they are being relentless right now. And they say they're not being political, but this is sounding pretty political. Well, now we're really not being political. We're being you honest. Have to, you have to relook at politics. You have to relook at your definition of politics exactly. if this is political. You know, we're not we're not telling you who to vote for. We're not we haven't even we're not even talking vote. We said, hey, people are gonna be able to vote. They're gonna be able to vote for who they want. Great. We're not talking about parties. We're not talking about plans. We're just saying what we've seen from non-political organizations. Despite what has been said, the NBA is not political. It's a basketball league. These are not political organizations. They're not working under any parties. They are independent sports leagues. There's nothing political about this conversation. There's just not. It's, hey, you should care about black lives and do better. That's not politics. I'm sorry. It's just not. And if you want my honest political opinion, my opinion is that I hope whoever gets elected can help solve the problems that we're facing right now. That's all I want. That's as far as my political opinion that I'm willing to make a statement on is concerned. That is what I want. The winner to make some meaningful change within the culture of America and Canada for that matter. Yeah, I'm 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 not a party guy. I'm a I'm a candidate guy. Give me a good candidate and I will vote for him. That's how that that's how that's as simple as it is. That's how it should be. You shouldn't be a party guy. And if I feel that it's a conservative who is a good candidate, I'll vote for a conservative. If I think it's a liberal, I'll vote liberal. That's and it. for Amer- there's your <laughs> for American listeners, just so you know, I understand we have different definitions of that, but conservative is looked upon the same as just a regular Republican and liberal is looked upon the same as a regular Democrat. They, they fill similar roles or they're close enough to kind of, well, I'm just saying in America, we use those terms to be like a more extreme side of that party, nothing violent or anything like that. Just more of a deep in the waters on that political party. So when you say that we might have listeners being like, man, he went. He went there, but no, he didn't. That's just how Canada refers to them as. Yeah, that's just the name of our party. And that's as far as we're going to go politically. I, we're not going to mention anything else about that. I, I don't think we are. Are we, Ryan? Nothing I plan to, but you never know. We we like to flow well, so we will try not. Tangents do happen. You got to bear with us. And with that, we're reaching the thirty-four and a half. We're almost thirty-five minutes in. Let's go ahead and. Hand out the free shout-outs. Why not? We we had the first shout-out. We already kind of mentioned the Milwaukee Bucks for kickstarting everything, really, helping us to realize. Because I, I thought about doing one of these episodes, but I wasn't sure that the timing was right, and I wasn't actually sure whether this was the right you know way to do it. And ultimately, seeing what happened they showed me that yeah it was and meanwhile discussed it and we decided yep nope this is what we need to do and so getting these conversations going they do their job of course not i don't know if shout out's the right word for this but we'll take a moment and say rest in peace to chadwick boseman who passed away from cancer he'd been fighting it for four years 
which is really remarkable when you stop to think about it. He gave us Black Panther, as well as the Avengers movie that he was in, Infinity War. He gave it all while fighting cancer. He was at an NBA dunk contest while fighting cancer, and no one knew. And the impact he has left and the talent and the inspiration, you know, especially for people of color to be able to look and see him and see him be that superhero that he was not just on the screen, but off the screen. I mean, it's a devastating loss. It really is. And so rest in peace, Chadwick. And I mean, thank you from all your roles from Black Panther to Jackie Robinson and everything in between. And to everyone that was in his support system and his corner the entire time, helping him with, building upon the roles he was in or just building him as the incredible great person he was. Thank you so much. And, you know, Ryan, I heard something that almost had me in tears. And when I say almost, keep in mind, I'm kind of a stoic. I rarely ever cry. Uh, That's just my personality. But I still feel the sadness and emotions of it. So when I say I almost cried when I heard this, know that I took this to heart, but Chadwick had posted a picture of himself on his Instagram. I think maybe it was a month or two before all this happened by all this. I mean, before he had passed and all it was in the comments was people just roasting him about being skinnier than normal. The roasts were going on and on and on, man, he really needs to eat. Black Panther, more like Skinny Panther. Like, seriously, are these the comments you're going to waste your life making? And I'm not going to call this karma in any way, shape, or form because it's not. It's just flat out disrespectful. And as far as Chadwick Boseman is concerned, we lost someone who wasn't just a great actor. He was an incredible, incredible person. He would go around to hospitals and check on children and he would do in the cancer wards too. Not to mention, did, I think that's an important part. What did you say? Sorry. Even in the, he would do it. I've seen a lot of photos of him, even in the cancer wards and looking at them now, it's just like, who, who else would be able to do that with that level of courage and not even show emotion when he's fighting that same battle. Those photos to me are probably some of the most remarkable look at and i think to your point earlier let's not forget the all the roles he was in now some of them while battling this horrible disease but let's go back to the beginning he got his premiere role in the movie 42 for those of you who don't know 42 is a story about jackie robinson jackie was the first black person allowed in major league baseball he This was back in a very, very racist time in America. And this was back in a very racist time in America. And the people really, they acted like they were. This was, what was it, the uh, 20s? Am I correct about that? I could very well be wrong. But it was a very racist time, and the fans mistreated him greatly. And he, Chadwick Boseman was the guy who played Jackie Chan when they made the movie 42, which was Jackie's number. Jackie Robinson, not Jackie Chan. And if you're listening to this, you have just seen why it get exposed part three. That'll be on our Instagram eventually. If you want to follow it, that's the two dudes hockey Instagram. You can also follow my NHL account. That's NHL.fact. And my personal, that's Y underscore fair 21. Ryan, what's your Instagram? It's just Ryan Pulsifer, P-U-L-S-I-F-E-R. We always find a spot to shout it out eventually. And if you're wondering if I set up that whole Jackie Chan joke, I would like to say I I did. But honestly, my brain is so fried right now. I don't think so. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you've seen if you've seen the first two exposing takes, then you know it's probably not. <laughs> well, back to the actual important topic at hand. He goes from 42 to get on up to Black Panther, and I saw another interview uh, it was with some it was one of those late shows that Chavik was on and they were talking they're like there are going to be children out there who don't know what a superhero is without thinking of a black person because that might be the only superhero movie they've ever seen but let's keep in mind that's the only marvel movie or quite frankly 
was the only superhero movie with a black lead in it. It was a monumental moment in the movie making industry. And they got a long way to go. I'm not going to like sit back, relax, be content with Black Panther. They have a long way to go as far as diversity is concerned. But yeah. it was an incredible moment. And I couldn't imagine any other actor doing what Chadwick did. And let's not forget Michael B. Jordan in that movie as well. He played the antagonist. He was, he was great as well. The way they produced and made this movie really helped complement Chadwick's acting. It, it rewrote the superhero genre for black people. It, it did. It gave them some. I mean, the Falcon's there, but I mean, he's Falcon. He's not. You don't necessarily look up to the Falcon. They gave people someone to look at. Someone to look at and go, that could be me. And I mean, it was him. Lathea Wright played his sister, Shuri, who also she also did a great job. Like, it was a movie that, A, showed Marvel that, hey, diversity is important and people will pay money for it, which has pushed them to spread out and be more diverse but also gave a lot of people role models who hadn't seen themselves in the superhero industry before and that cultural impact that he made and that change that he made that's that's such an important legacy to have and the work that he did it's truly unforgettable he was he was unforgettable lebron said to lose Kobe Bryant and Chadwick Boseman makes it the worst year ever. And that's besides all the other stuff. The actual quote was, uh, I, I reworded this a lot compared to the actual quote. But the actual quote was like, to lose the Black Panther and the Black Mamba. It was, and he, he's right. It's two very heartbreaking losses. It's sad, and it still makes me it, – it gets me in my feels just thinking about it, you know? Yeah. As far as Chadwick Boseman and Kobe Bryant are concerned, their legacy is always going to be remembered. I think they're the type of legacies kids can read about in history books. And they weren't politicians or military personnel. They are – or a basketball player and an actor. And I think you could very well see them end up in our future generations history books as being two of the most monumental figures of our era. Yeah, I agree. I do. And you know, we've made a lot of different statements about the state of our society, uh, what we can improve on, as I do want to relate this back to hockey, as hockey's concerned. A quick score update. As, as we're speaking about this podcast, the Avalanche lost to the Stars in Game 4, giving Dallas a 3-1 lead. As far as uh, Dallas 3-1 lead in the series, excuse me. Uh, the Islanders beat the Flyers, giving the Islanders a 3-1 lead in the series. And currently, as I speak, is the end of the first period for Vegas versus the Canucks. And Vegas has a 2-1 lead and a series 2-1 lead. Now, might I quickly add that it's been four games and the New York Islanders are still in the playoffs. What? Yeah, despite your bold claim, it appears that the Islanders are still not only in the playoffs, but uh, they're doing okay for themselves. I'd just like to throw that out there. I would also like to say that I started out with our round two podcast being like Boston's going to sweep Tampa. Or sorry, vice versa. I said Tampa's going to win in seven. Then Boston won the first game, and I said Boston's going to sweep. And since then, Tampa's gone on to take a 3-1 series lead. Literally, all I'm doing in this podcast is eating my own words. Now, there are words I know I'm not going to eat. It's going to be what we talked about today as far as, you know, the whole racism concerns, Black Lives Matter. I'm not going to eat those words. But as far as hockey no. words goes, man, I'm feasting right now. Yeah, it's not, it's not working too well for you. But there's always time to improve. Again, we're just two dudes. Now, Ryan is a dude who knows a lot more than me. 
And he's not even the one with the fun fact Instagram accounts. Like, I'm constantly having to learn about hockey. And I'll tell Ryan, he'll be like, you didn't know that? <laughs> I'm like, how did you know that Yarmir Yager's favorite color was periwinkle? He'd be like, everyone knows that in Canada. What else would it, what else, what else would it be if not periwinkle? <laughs> I don't know. All <laughs> of you to assume I even know what periwinkle is, but I knew it was his. I can't even picture the color in my head right now. It's just the first thing that popped up in my head because it was one of those, you know, out of the box colors. I wasn't even sure if it was a real color, to be honest. It is. I, I, you're pulling something out of you, pulling something out there to try to make you look a little smarter than I am. And you would have just been throwing random words together for all I know. And it would have worked. It would have worked. Actually, periwinkle is a color, it's a shade of. Of it's it's in the blue and violet family. It's kind of like a perfect mix of that, actually. It's uh, oh, interesting. Kind of looks like hockey ice. I'm not gonna lie. It's a little bit purplier than uh, yeah, that's a word, purplier. It's a little bit more purple than actual NHL ice, the blue ice. But it's it's a pretty shade. I'm gonna pause. Back on topic a little bit here to the way we started this. Because there was one more thing I wanted to talk about in the hockey community. As much as I enjoy discussing shades of purple on a hockey podcast. Because that's somehow the tangent we ended up on. There is one more incident that I think really merits the state that we are in. Go ahead. The Akeem Alou incident. And everything that sort of came out of that was probably the most blatant and telling case of the mindset of hockey fans we've ever seen. And you got to remember, the context is this happened just after Mike Babcock gets exposed by Mitch Marner, which is a big, which is a big detail because that's Mike Babcock. Actually, I suppose Marner didn't really expose him. He was a part of it, but it was more the reporters that came out with the news. Now, for those listening, just make sure you can go ahead and fill them in on like a quick summary of the exact details of that. Well, I'm not going to go too much into the Babcock one because it's, it's just important to know that he got in a lot of trouble. There was a lot of abuse, some trickery going on, but that's more to set the idea is that this comes out. He gets called out one of the best coaches in recent history, all of a sudden is under this huge fire that no one saw coming. And then afterwards, Akeem Alou comes out and, explains that he's had a lot of, he's basically dealt with a lot of abuse but highlights Bill Peters using racial slurs in the locker room in front of his teammates and then pulling him aside into his own you know his own room and then using those same slurs and what would be one of a couple things to come out about out Bill Peters including the fact he would kick his players but he came out and there was an ECHL story that came out about more racism against Akeem Lulu and of course the story of the juniors between him and Steve Downey and if you haven't heard that uh, basically, Akeem refused to be hazed, and it led to Downey cross-checking him in the face on a fight at practice. They would both be suspended by the team, and there would be trades that would happen afterwards. It, it kind of became a whole mess. It's basically the highlight of the story. And all these stories of very clear, very obvious, very blatant discrimination against Akeem Alou. And instead of support, people are going, well, why now? Why is he saying it now? Sounds fake. Even though the Mike Babcocks are Mike Babcock was supposed to be untouchable. No one would have thought that guy would have fell the way he did. So all of a sudden, Akeem sees, okay, like people will listen now. And then he comes out, and because I don't know, he's a person of color, he gets shut down. Like I can't think of it because no one, no one said, oh well, Mitch Marner faked it. Mitch Marner shouldn't have been upset. That reporter shouldn't have hit it. Whatever. But the moment Akeem Alou came out with it and came out with his stories, it was just he was shut down immediately. No one would give him the time of day. And ultimately, it did result in Bill Peters getting fired. The allegations turned pretty serious against him, and it did cost him his job in Calgary, which he wasn't very good anyway. But <laughs> he does lose his job. By the way, it's the same story of, oh, he just wants to be relevant again. He just wants to get back into the spotlight. No, he had stories of abuse. Thought people aren't ready to hear this because I'm a person of color and no one will care. Finally thought they were ready, and they weren't. 
And he came up with these stories and he told these stories of what I'm only sure is trauma. The man got to live his dream and got shut down because of the color of his skin. Like, you think that's something he wants to talk about? But to set this president, to set this example, he comes out and he exposes Bill Peters and he exposes all these different people who need exposing, quite frankly. And, you know, half, half the fans don't believe him or don't care, even if they do. And, you know, all the actions, he's still, he's still been notable. He's been notable. He's been making sure to keep his foot in the door and make those changes. But when a person comes out with such stories that, I mean, for the Steve Downey one, it's literally on video. If you look up Akeem Alou versus Steve Downey, you will see it. It is a, they are not holding back. Like there is evidence of this stuff. Uh, players have come out and confirmed a story. Uh, the captain of the AHL team at the time, I can't think of his name, came out and he said it was true. I think he said he had a conversation with Bill Peters too. He spoke with him about it. Like it's the stories are as true as true is going to be, and it's, it's it was dismissal, it was dismissal and attacks on Akeem Lou, and that was the moment I realized what a bad spot we are in as a sport. Like, we cannot get anywhere until we are willing to listen to stories that, hey, maybe they didn't happen today. Maybe he wasn't ready to talk about it today. But when someone comes out and says, hey, this guy wronged me, there is proof, there are witnesses, how do you respond without anything but, okay, I stand with you, that's horrible? How do you hear that and think, ah, now nah, he's lying? Who cares? Like, no, again, what other league would do that? And the league officials and the team officials acted well. I'll give them that. But as a fan base, what other fan base is that arrogant and ignorant that they just don't care? If that's what needs to change, it's that mindset, that old-fashioned hockey mindset that is so... Arrogant. So arrogant and dangerous. It's dangerous. You know, people are like, oh, well, police yourselves. And we've seen that that doesn't always work. It's that whole old hockey mindset of, ah, just deal with it yourselves. Don't be, don't be a wuss. And it doesn't work anymore. We're not old hockey. It's like those commercials where you got the three young players and the three old, the alumni, and they're all preparing different. Yeah. No one looks at the alumni in that commercial and goes, you're normal. No, they're like, ah, like how, like how old fashioned those old guys are. They're doing it wrong. And you giggle to yourself because times change. People change. Expectations change. And if you're not willing to listen to stories that, again, have, even if they don't have evidence, you should be willing to listen. But even if you're like, oh, I need evidence to take it seriously. There was evidence. Why wasn't it taken seriously? But really, there shouldn't need to be evidence. If a, if a person of color or really anyone who is a minority, LGBT, you know, woman comes out and they say, hey, I have this story of discrimination and abuse. Your first instinct shouldn't be to bet. Shouldn't be to doubt. It shouldn't be. Your instinct should be to sit down, listen, and then ask, is there anything I can do to help? You have to stand with them. The way I, like, I can't imagine the idea of, you know, knowing Akeem Alou and seeing all of that. I bet you if everyone who commented those horrible things knew Akeem Alou, they wouldn't comment them. They wouldn't say them. They probably wouldn't even think them. Because they don't. They think it's just another guy who's making it up for attention, despite the fact that the man was a top 1% hockey player in the world. I'm sure he doesn't need it. It was just, that's what I knew. Really, like going through that comment section, it wasn't a couple bad apples. It was a couple good apples. That's the state it was in. That was when I understood that hockey is a culture is horrible. We have a horrible culture. And if you're a hockey fan and you're a passionate hockey fan, you, should, you shouldn't be offended by that. I get why you would be, but you shouldn't be. You should go, hmm, you know what? Maybe he's right. How can we be better? That's where it starts. Looking at yourself and going, hmm, there could be a problem. How do I improve? And that's the step that we need to take. That's the step I took. The shift for me was LeBron James and his statements. Over the years, I've always liked LeBron as a player, but he would talk about, especially recently, about how people see the athlete LeBron James as different from the person. He talked about, if I'm not wearing my uniform and making these statements, people are telling me to shut up. 
But now that I'm wearing a uniform, they're just telling me to go and play basketball. Like, how on earth is that fair? And it made me take a step back and look and consider, am I really doing all that I can to prevent these problems from happening in my own community, which is predominantly white, my community is. Yeah. I'm not doing enough. I wasn't. And, and I to be fair, I'm still not. No, we we both have ways to go. And that's not a bad thing to say. A lot of people have a lot of ways to go. And that's okay. But again, if you were ever saying the NBA isn't accomplishing anything, uh, my co-host here would tell you a very different story. Absolutely. And I don't even watch the NBA. I don't. But I took notice. I took notice when these things happened. And I was, I was with the fans that were saying it's not going to do anything. That was my initial reaction. Ashamingly, it was. I was like, why? Why? Why does it matter? They're just athletes who are <laughs> just play the game. They're not going to solve racism was my initial thought. And then LeBron James made those statements. And honestly, it's changed my perspective on life, what he has said. And I owe that to him. And I thank him for it. If we ever get lucky enough to where LeBron James hear this, hears his podcast, know that I, I personally to you want to say thank you. And Absolutely. yeah. So we're closing on the hour mark. So just before we close this down, I have a few things that I want to sort of end with here. Because we talked about the idea of not doing enough. And let's, let's first look at There's no line of enough. Enough is you're putting in a genuine effort and you feel like you're making some sort of accomplishment. I see a lot of pressure to donate to places. You don't have to do that. If you want to make this impact, your first step, learn. You know, take the time and educate yourself. And don't, don't just blindly look at statistics. Because you have to remember, statistics can be manipulated. Dig deeper. Ask yourself why. You know, read up on these issues. Read up on the incidents that you've seen. If it's George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, read up on if it's specific case studies or just systematic racism as a whole. Because it's a scary topic. The idea of you having benefited from something your whole life that makes your life easier, it's scary to think about. It makes you feel a little less accomplished. But it's not like that. Not necessarily. So take the times and understand the terms that are being handed to you. Don't get defensive because I've done that. I get defensive. I'm a defensive person. I like to defend my morals because I believe in them and like to think I'm right. You cannot get defensive because that's when progress stops. So step one, educate yourself. Educate yourself some more. There's always more to learn on anything. You know, you say I'm a hockey guru. I couldn't have told you the name of the captain of a team lose team at that time. I believe it was Charlotte Checkers time but i couldn't have told you his name there's always more to learn you know you might know a lot about these incidents and black lives matter the movement or at the organization there's always more to learn you should never stop learning and then you know sign some petitions help spread that information further and that doesn't mean throwing a black square on your instagram post and calling it a day share actual information if you have it sign petitions you know raise awareness um there was a video i had that i i don't know where it is now but it was a video and it was an hour long and it was creators like black creators of music poetry all that stuff and they would play ads through it and the ads would be donated the money from the ads because not everyone can give money right it's it's obviously unfair to say that a lot of people aren't in situations where they can give money so that is a way that if you want to donate you could try to find that video I'm, i can't think of what it's called it's about an hour long very, very good video. A lot of great content on it, too, actually. Just a good listen for like an hour of your life. You know, there's so much you can do that doesn't need to take money out of your pocket. And call it out when you see it. Like, obviously, if you're with some friends and you're joking and you understand you're in a safe bubble where you can do that, I'm not telling you to do it every single time. But if you're out in public and someone makes a claim that is outlandishly wrong and racist, tell them. And they're not necessarily doing it because they're racist. They just might not know better. Help to start those conversations. And you'll find out pretty quickly if they knew better or not. It's just a little stuff. You know, we're not going to change the world on our own. 
But once we unite together and once we see and identify this and work to fix it, that's when impacts happen. We've seen it with sports. We can see with our day-to-day lives. So take these steps, educate yourself, help however you feel you can, and the world will be a better place for it. And, you know, we talk about this being a culture shift. It's also a mental shift. It really is. And, of course, we're not saying go out there and be, you know, cherry picking comments and uh, making sure that everyone gets busted for every little thing. But that in itself is also a problem where it's not that we can just let these jokes, if you want to call them jokes, we can't let these jokes slide. Yeah. Because if I agree with you, Ryan, if you're in a safe place and you understand the circumstances of that, of any of something that was said was appropriate for that place you're in, okay. But if you're out in public, or not even in public, but if you're in a situation where you know what was said was wrong, we need to start stepping up and calling that out and not in a way that could be misinterpreted because what if it was in a safe place and we just misinterpreted it okay try not to misinterpret it just listen and if you know what was said was wrong call them out on that and on that token it is a mental shift for yourself as well so maybe let's just try and not get in that mindset where I can say this joke and so and so will get it because if you're going to be thinking that way, you're already thinking wrong, in my opinion. And I'll, yeah. I'll admit, I'm guilty. Culturally and personally, I'm guilty. I may not be as near as much guilty as I was in the past, but that's because I've tried to learn. And as yeah. you learn, you'll see a mental shift in the way you think, the way you're viewing these situations. It's not about the media being real news, fake news, whatever you want to call it. This is real world problems. And you can complain about it or you can be about it. And I would like to be about it. And I think me and Ryan both are extending that invitation to you as well. Absolutely. Ryan, is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap this thing up? I mean, I think we've just about nailed everything. What I will say is it doesn't matter anything except for the fact that you're humans. You know, you may not know their story. You may not understand them. But they're human beings. Show compassion. Show love. Life's happier for everyone when you do. And, you know, he... I say you know a lot. Because he knows. <laughs> if If you've not heard... Ryan knows a lot of stuff, and but I, he, he said it himself, there's always more to learn. But something he just said that strikes me that I want to close with, life does get happier for everyone. And the problem with this society, looking on these, you know, whether it's BLM or just against racism in general, we get content. Anyone can get content. I felt content. It wasn't my problem. But I think we forget if we are working together to solve this, everyone's happier. It's not okay to be content where you are. I'll give you an example. In Jamaica, there are miles and miles of beaches, sky-rise hotels and resorts. And then... Right behind those hotels, maybe a block down the road, are some of the most poor communities you could ever see. It's not enough to just be content. Are we going to be able to help everyone? Well, not me and Ryan personally. But if everybody helps everyone they can, look at how much better a world we're leaving for the next generation. Yeah. And look and look at what's going to be talked about in the, in the history books. This is a group of people that came together and did remarkable things to make the culture of not just America or Canada better. The culture of the world is really a lot better because of this. Absolutely. 
Couldn't have said it better myself. Which is very high praise because he works in radio. <laughs> so he's a pro at this. If you've not heard, I'm not as knowledgeable. Sometimes I do not sound as well presented, so to say. My vocabulary is not as expansive. But I'll make it work. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to do this alongside my partner, Ryan Pulsifer. Ryan, any last sign-offs? What I will end with is you may say you were none of those things, but what really counts is your heart is big enough. Your heart is big, and that's the highest thing, the best thing you could ask for. Absolutely. At this time, the Two Dudes team would like to thank our graphic designer, Abby Hewling, for the hard work she's putting into this program, as well as our audio editor, Jason Wicker, for the sound, the jingle you hear, as well as a few other ideas and things. Thank you to our Two Dudes team. From my partner, Ryan Paulson, and myself, Wyatt Fairman, this has been Two Dudes Out. And remember, Black Lives Matter.